are together and as we podcast. For future reference, as we, as in ASWE, stands for the Alzheimer's Society of Windsor and Essex County. This podcast will feature engaging conversations with guests ranging from community leaders to care partners and persons living with dementia to raise awareness about this disease. You're listening to Better Together and As We Podcast, and this is our fourth episode. My name is Cindy Keogh, and I'm joined today by Cheryl Taggart. Cheryl is an education and support coordinator here at the Alzheimer's Society. She is an amazing attribute to our team. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for virtually being here with me today. Thank you for having me. Today, Cheryl and I will be discussing the importance of self-care. So before we get into all of that, um, would it be okay if you um, just explained how you got here with me today? <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been a long and winding journey, I have to say. Um, so I did not, uh, previously I did not work for the Alzheimer's Society until this past year, but I've been associated with them for many, many years as a, a social worker in the community. So I was involved with community development projects, and that required a lot of partnerships and collaboration. And particularly because my gerontology background, um, I spent a lot of time with the Alzheimer's Society folks, uh, the staff, and really coming to appreciate the position from which they worked. They're uh, very conscientious, uh, you know, contemplation of what is going to be, work best for the clients and the care partners. And so that really, you know, kind of the admiration that I had for them really uh, has carried on throughout the years. That has only grown stronger as time went on. So um, coupled with a uh, background in teaching and training, um, I was previously with the University of Windsor, St. Clair College uh, School of Social Work. And that provided me with opportunity again to do some teaching and training in that area and continue to kind of grow in the gerontology area. So eventually I came to um, the Alzheimer's Society as a retiree. <laughs> During COVID, right? <laughs> During COVID, with a wonderful opportunity to, you know, be able to take advantage of the skills set that I had, but also to pay it to and contribute to an organization that I had great faith in. So I have really uh, been so fortunate and blessed to have this opportunity and uh, really enjoying it. So. That's awesome, Sherrod. We're so blessed to have you on our team. Um, how has it been working with us since COVID hit? Was it a huge adjustment? Uh, well, not for me, because I came in with the COVID rules kind of in place. And so to me, it was all the way, it's the only way it's ever been for me. So um, that has been easy. But I think watching the others adjusting and knowing how hard they work to make sure that every service they possibly could was in place for people and following up and doing all those uh, things that really increase the quality of life for the clients and the care partners, that has been amazing to watch. Mm -hmm. Have you been finding it um, difficult for our clients and care partners to navigate through this virtual world or what are your thoughts on that? Well, in terms of the virtual, we have some who, you know, are highly skilled and are very comfortable on Zoom and it's just kind of second nature to them. And then there were others who have really struggled. They're not used to the technology. 
Um, they've never used it before. It feels kind of foreign to them. But what I have seen is a willingness to do what they needed to do in order to access the, the support that they also knew they needed. Mm-hmm. So we have special little tutorials every once in a while for individuals as they're coming into group to help them navigate it. And that has been very successful. We've had very few glitches um, and we've got a lot of patience just, uh, shown by the people that are in the group as people are coming on and just, you know, not as familiar. So yeah, it, it, although it has had its challenges, it's not been insurmountable at all. Oh, that's really great to hear, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're they're enjoying um, all of the education and online training through, you know, Zoom and all this, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure that they're excited to get back to in-person um, whenever that is. <laughs> well, that that's an interesting piece as well, because some of them have come to recognize the benefits of virtual um, mm-hmm. and, and are sort of content to uh, go wherever the service is provided, they are pretty flexible now. So I think that's an additional skill set they've got in their toolbox. Yeah, I had a meeting and we were talking about um, the possibility of hybrid online education moving forward because yeah. of COVID world and all that stuff. So that's that's actually a really great point that um, we're able to adapt and, and do things accordingly to um, the needs of our clients and care partners. Um, so your role at the Alzheimer's Society is education and support coordinator. What does that entail? Well, my role is a hybrid as well um, because I only do the virtual support groups. And um, in the last uh, couple of months, I've had the opportunity as well to collaborate with a colleague, which was fabulous, and create a workshop which was delivered virtually. So I live in a very virtual world at this point um, and just go uh, between groups, uh, which is its own form of education for me. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm so proud of you. Really, you. I'm so proud of you. So you have um, an extensive background, um, you know, social work, um, gerontology. Um, am I missing other educational backgrounds that you have? That's good. That's what good. Yeah. <laughs> Cheryl, um, why do you believe uh, self-care is important? Uh, well, uh, there's no end to the answer on that one. But really, I, I kind of make the analogy of going to, the, to a well. And if you're not providing self-care daily to, then you end up with an empty well, or if you've ever used well water that is at the bottom of the well, it's dregs and it's not all that pleasant, right? And so, you know, when we, when we look at that from um, the angle of what, what people are drawing from in order to uh, support the people that they're working with, with uh, people with uh, dementia, if that well is empty, there's nothing left to give. Mm-hmm. And that's a real deterrent for both folks in that case. Yes. So, you know, when, when you are on top of your game, when you've uh, got that self-care in place, when you're feeling good, you can handle quite a bit. When you have an empty well, the perspective changes, your focus is diminished, concentration is harder to maintain, and your tolerance of any kind of change is automatically lower. Mm -hmm. 
And so when you think about it in terms of ongoing changes during the dementia journey, that in itself says, okay, we're going to have changes. We need to be able to tolerate them as best we can. And the only way to do that is to have self-care in place so that we feel our best and can really approach the issues clear-minded and feeling as physically strong as possible. Wow. So what are some daily activities um, our listeners can do every day to enhance their lives? Well, I, one of the things I like to talk to folks about is intentional practices. Okay. And by that, I mean a lot of things that we list and you can go to the website and get hundreds of of websites that will tell you about the 10 essential self-care tips uh, for dementia caregivers and care partners and that sort of thing. But when you water them down, those 10 just repeat over and over and over again, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the key to them, we can talk about what some of them are if you want, but um, the key to it is that it's an intentional undertaking of the action. So one of the analogies that I would use for that is pre-COVID, you know, we would be busy in our lives and during the course of the day, we may wash our hands three or four times, right? We just did it. It was one of those things that you just, you were on autopilot, didn't think about it, just did it, moved on. When COVID hit, we became very intentional in our hand washing. We watched videos so that we made sure that we were rubbing in the right direction and getting between the fingers, up the arm, right? It, it was no longer on autopilot. It was something that we did with real intention and real purpose. And so I like to equate that to some of the uh, things that we can do in our lives intentionally that we were probably going to do anyway. But by bringing it to the forefront of our thinking and saying, okay, I am, I'm going to take a five minute break. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to put a nice little um, ice pack on my forehead. I'm going to, you know, close my eyes in for five minutes. That's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to zone out, right? Now it's intentional. Now, when that five minutes is up, you have a sense of being refreshed. As opposed to, I do this in the course of everything else, and I don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. So there's no, there's no lingering benefit from that practice or that process. So would you say that um, it would be a good idea for people that always have the excuse of, I'm too busy, I have so much going on in my world, to actually schedule in um, time for self-care? Yes, or recognize opportunities for self-care. So one of the things that came about um, through our workshop on self-care and ambiguous loss and anticipatory loss was the idea that, you know, we had the 10 tips and I love the one tip because it was breathe. Mm. Well, you're going to breathe anyway, right? So let's, let's make an, an event. Okay. So when you're feeling frustrated, you're feeling upset, you kind of feel like you've hit a roadblock, you've repeated the same sentence 10 times, and you're not getting anywhere and you start to feel that frustration building. That's a really good for a time for one of those intentional timeouts. And it's going to take you under 30 seconds to do it and revive you kind of again, bring your focus back, raise your tolerance and help you to feel a little bit more calm and at peace. Mm -hmm. And it's a very simple exercise. You breathe in slowly 
you breathe out slowly, okay? But you're thinking about that and that's all you're thinking about for that 30 seconds. And it's amazing how many people have said, you know, didn't think that would work, tried it, actually felt really refreshed and revived by it. And it was something that other than, what happens is that when people get anxious or stress or whatever, they tend to hold their breath or gasp, right? That is not relaxing. Mm -hmm. And so by taking that moment, stepping back, taking that intentional slow breath in and out, it really does refocus not only your breathing, but your mind. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people where I hold my breath if I'm <laughs> feeling tense or stressed. It's crazy because I have this watch and this watch actually tells me to breathe when it feels like I'm holding it in or I'm stressed. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it's very, very important to just, you know, take a step back and make it intentional to take a breath for yourself because you get so caught up in working and doing mm -hmm. this and that, that you lose track of, you know, your well-being. Absolutely. So you, did, you mentioned that um, being intentional um, and, you know, taking the time to take breaths and things like that is um, really great for self-care. So what are some tips and tricks you live by on a daily basis? You yourself. Oh, me, myself personally. Oh, yeah. Okay. Tips and tricks. Well, I think, you know, I have a model that hangs in my kitchen and it's a practice I've had for a number of years. And it simply, it's the, it simply says simply so others may simply live. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is a motto that I've, I've come to really appreciate and integrate into my life. Because what I find happens as a result is that um, it really does allow you to suspend expectations, right? Mm -hmm both of yourself and of others, right? Um, you know, that lives simply kind of took me out of the rat race. Um, what's important and what isn't important. So by living simply, it kind of it put the priorities in place. It lowered the, ex the unrealistic expe expectations that I might have in my life. Um, it brings a peace. It really does a, a, personal, a personal sense of peace. And then the other thing that, and actually I'm quoting one of the people that was in group today who shared with us, I think a really important factor that if you, there's a difference between acceptance and just simply enduring. Mm. And I choose acceptance. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that, I had to take that one in. That's, that's. Wow, Cheryl. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, a group that you ran this morning. What groups are you running currently at the moment? There are five groups that are running uh, through the course of two weeks. And um, all of them are mixed groups, um, male, female. Uh, two groups are a little bit more specific, though. Mm -hmm. The one group is uh, for uh, care partners who have an individual in long-term care because some of their experiences are, are quite different from that of someone who is living with a person with a dementia. Mm -hmm. And the other group that runs, uh, which is a sort of a separated group is adult children and daughters. And again, that's a group that uh, deals with situations that are very different from that of, of dealing with a spouse. 
And so the conversations, although the, the topics are very often the same topics um, and, the, and the needs are the same, but the way that that is sort of processed within the group is different. Yeah. Yeah. And are the groups full or did you have good um, outcomes for them, people? <laughs> the groups are, are full and, and fuller. Um, <laughs> we do have right now, there is a bit of a wait list. Oh. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, beginning to process that. Uh, we, I, we try very hard to make sure that nobody waits for a long period of time mm -hmm. um, to be on group. We also have people who would prefer face-to-face -face group, which is currently not running. Um, so that's a sort of a separate pot, but the virtual groups are pretty well maxed out. Mm -hmm. so. Wow, that's a great turnout, Cheryl. And this just started, right? These groups just started? Yes, it was when I came on in uh, the beginning of the year, uh, the other ESCs had already put it together, structured it, uh, created the groups, uh, been very successful with the groups. And so this has been running since uh, about September. Wow. Once they realized that face-to-face -face was not going to be a possibility for a while, um, they went into some really, I, I think, fantastic problem solving and uh, creativity and provided this avenue for people to be able to access. And I can certainly tell you that people who attend are so grateful. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. so, so the name of our podcast is Better Together. From your perspective, what does that mean to you? <laughs> well, again, you know what? I have been very um, humbled by the people who are in the group. They are an amazing group of care partners so willing to share, so willing to listen to each other's burdens and to just be there for them. And so for me, when I hear better together now, I think of the groups and how often they'll say, it's so wonderful to just be able to come and talk to people who honestly understand our experience. Unless you've walked the journey or are are in a position such as the, the staff at Alzheimer's Society, unless you're in one of those two groups, it's very difficult for people to be able to capture the essence of what it means to be involved with that dementia journey on a 24 hour, seven day a week basis. Mm -hmm. So to me, that will always be what uh, together, you know, better together means. It means that people are able to come and uphold one another and encourage one another and grieve together, but also grow together. Yes, I believe that as well. And you put it so well together. Thank you. So um, I just wanted you to, I, I just wanted to ask if you could repeat that quote that you said earlier, because I believe that it froze in the middle of the, of the sentence. Okay, so I said that there is a difference between acceptance mm -hmm. and just enduring. And choosing acceptance makes all the difference. 
Yay. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Uh, thank you for taking the time out of your already busy schedule to do this podcast with me. Um, I know it was out of your comfort zone as well. <laughs> I would love for us to finish this podcast with some fire rapid questions. These five questions are all random um, and it will allow our audience to get to know a little more about you. Um, can you answer these questions with one word or one sentence? And there are no wrong answers. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. So question number one, if you didn't have to sleep, what would you do with the extra time? Read. Perfect. <laughs> if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? <laughs> Mashed potatoes. <laughs> Yum. What would, you perf uh, what would your perfect Sunday look like? Oh, my perfect Sunday is a leisurely coffee, light breakfast. Definitely church, good possibility of a nap in the afternoon, and then a nature walk. That sounds perfect. <laughs> I really wish that we could go back to the days where, you know, everybody used Sundays as a rest day and, you know, nothing were, nothing was open and we could spend <laughs> time with family and friends. Um, Absolutely. Just to get us ready for the, the work week ahead. <laughs> <laughs> What could you give a 40 minute presentation on with absolutely no preparation? <laughs> um, I'm going to say it would be easy to fill 40 minutes with gratitude for how life weaves together. It brings you challenges, it brings you joys, it brings you relationships that you never knew you even needed. And I think that's where I would go with 40 minutes just to say, let's embrace it because it's awesome. Wow, that's a good answer. Um, and the last question, what's the best piece of advice someone has ever given you? Be kinder than you need to be. Perfect. Um, thank you so much, Cheryl. It was a pleasure speaking with you today. I hope our listeners have gained a better understanding about what it entails to be an education and support coordinator here at the Alzheimer's Society and how important it is to take care of yourself always. Um, hey, listeners, my call to action for all of you. How can you help? Educate yourself and encourage others to do the same. Refer your circle of friends and family to our services, support our events and fundraising campaigns, become a dementia-friendly community, and let's keep talking about dementia. Listen to new episodes on the last Friday of every month on our YouTube channel, Alzheimer Windsor. Don't forget to subscribe, help for today, hope for tomorrow, and remember, we are better together. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Thank you.